written by Will Davis, based on learned rappers and boxes. Starring Constance Wu, Javier Bardem, Scott McNary, Brett Gilman, Sean Mendes, Winslow Bigley. At number two is the Banshee of Insurance. Right, so this is um, written and directed by Martin McDonald, starring Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, Barry Keegan, Pat Shorty, um, and at number one this week, we have got the DC Comics adaptation from Jamu Kholitsera, um, written by Shorab Noshavani, Roy Haynes, and Stan Adams-Vick. Starring Dwayne Jolin, Jula, Dwayne Johnson, Viola Davis, Sarah Sharp, Pierce Bronson, Pierce Hodge, Noah Centino, Josh Brack, Adela, Natalie Bum, and many more. So, that's the top 10. Let us get into yeah, yeah. Part one so let's go. Okay, people. So let's start things off with um yeah, this is a joint from ultimate currents. We have got this one. Well, I do like a dystopian, futuristic tale. So I was, um, yeah, very interested to check out Vespa. So this is the new, I think it's a French film, right? It is from Christina Bouzit and Bruno Samper. They both directed and both co-wrote the film with Brian Clark. Uh, the film is also produced, um, I think, by both of them. Is it produced by both of them? I think, no, I think it's, Okay, so uh, Christina Bouzet, she produces along with Davia Jovazin, Asta Lucalit, Alexis Perrin. Uh, then it's executive produced by Vitalajus Zukas, Mike. Sherma, Sebastian Raybould, Cecile Gaguet, and Louise Bolsan. 
It is associate produced by Jean Vang Vangdal Amas, Nick Ford, RJ Hendricks, and Nabil Ben Yadir. It is co-produced by Florent Steiner, Benoit Roland, and uh, Galoum Natis. It is line produced by Arturus Davinilis. And Thomas Schober. Music is from Dan Levy. Cinematography is Felicas Abracasas. Boy. Uh, it's edited by Suzanne Fenn and Justin Mackenzie Piers. Casting is Des Hamilton, Georgia Topley, and Dontas Simukaskas. Uh, production design is Ramandas Dikius and Ramanas Rastaskuskas. Costume design is Dovil Chibaluskas, Christoph Pidri, and Florence Schultes. Uh, hair and makeup, we got Jogita Globite, Gidir Jarukatai, Egil Mikalukisist, Ula. Pakalanski, Jalanta Regiliskin, Carolina Ruxanit, and Vestina Verbikitit. I have butchered everyone's name, so apologies with that. Now our cast. We have Vespa, who is played by Raffaella Chapman. Her Dad, um, her dad, Darius, is played by Richard Brank. His brother, Jonas, is played by Eddie Marzen. Um, then there is Camilla, played by Rosie McGuen, McEwen, Ewan. Um, Jug is played by Melanin Gados, and Elias is Edmund Dunn. Uh, there's also Boz, played by Matt Madvej Berkovov, Dink Nujus Buslekevius. Oed, played by Marijus Demiskis, Mo, Marcus Immortus, Beck, 
is Titus Rucus, and Fitz is Marcus Sagatis. Oh, the gist of the film, which is a little easier to pronounce and, and say, uh, set after the collapse of Earth's ecosystem. Um, Vespa, a headstrong 13-year-old girl surviving in the remnants of a strange and dangerous world with her ailing father, Darius. When Vespa finds the mysterious Camellia, alone and disorientated after a crash, she agrees to help her missing companion in help her find her missing companion in exchange for safe passage. Vespa soon discovers brutal neighbor Jonas is searching for Camellia, who harbors a life-changing secret. Forced into a dangerous adventure, Vespa must rely on her wits and biohacking abilities to unlock the key to an alternate future. Hmm. I mean, there's some truths and, and just some crazy up in there. Like, Jonas isn't just a neighbor, you know, it's, it's a dad's brother. And he's not necessarily looking for Camellia. You know, he's thinking there might be someone, but he doesn't know, right? Yeah, there's some, ah, these synopsises are very weird, very weird. Now, Vesper, it, you know, it's a low-budget indie, indie flick. It looks very good, you know, tonally. It does feel like post-apocalyptic, right? And it's one of those sci-fi films where, you know, it's not all shiny, high-tech and all of that. It, you know, there's a lot of stuff that feels very grounded and they've thrown in some, like, some tech looks like, you know, some 1940s thrown-together stuff. But then you've got stuff that does look a little bit more cutting, right? Which I think is very smart when your budget is low, you know? And by doing it that way, it, you know, you are able to give that real kind of sense of this post-apocalyptic kind of landscape, you know? And the remnants of humanity trying to eke out an existence after whatever happened. Right, so we get all of that. We've also got these plants, right? Plants are a big thing, as you know, the trade, right? Because we we have done it's it's a bit like uh, you know, Judge Dredd, you know, all the Rich people kind of live in the mega cities, right? And you've got better mega cities and, you know, like summer rubbish, summer high end. Outside, it's a uh, boy catty cat world, you know, not the best air, not the best situations. And it's kind of like that here, you know. It, 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 there's some kind of 
parallels to Alex Garland's Annihilation in like the weird kind of vegetation and you know just all of that kind of stuff so yeah there's plants that seem to have a little life of their own you know some that are very dangerous some that aren't um you don't really want to be lying around because yeah they might try and consume you you know but there's a lot happening right her dad he's we learned that he's had the you know he used to be a soldier he got injured so he's kind of just in bed and linked up to these machines and there's this kind of drone that follows her around which her dad communicates with Vespa via you know so it's um it's it's an interesting kind of piece right there's yeah as I say look there's this barter system for crops and seeds but the problem is the seeds only have one yield you know which I mean the citadels, right, it's good for them because it means people are very reliant on them, you know, but it's not, obviously, it's not the best. So there's this monopoly and people. And so, you know, Darius's brother, Jonas, he runs this little kind of, uh, hmm, I don't know, settlement, right? And um, things seem very, yeah, a little odd there, right? You know, you can trade blood to him for stuff. Uh, he references, well, we get a reference to, you know, it's like a, a bit like the Falaxu brood mothers, it would seem. You know, his best is just like, I'm not going to be one of your brood mares. Something on those lines, anyway. She might not say brood mare, but she, you know, we get the gist, right? So obviously, you know, there's women that are being used to just breed the next population, as it were. Um, so there's all of these kind of things going on. But they, you know, Vesper and her dad, they live off, off the grid, like further out. Now, that's where it gets a little bit off, right? Because they don't, they're not living in a settlement. So obviously, there's a little animosity going on. And you do get the sense of that through certain interactions with Jonas. But then we also know. Right, there's, you know, obviously in a, in a world like this, there's going to be bandits, there's going to be security risks. But their, their, their house doesn't seem to have anything in the way of defense mechanisms, traps, like nothing, nothing whatsoever, which kind of baffles you because you're just like, all right, so... For whatever reason, they decided to live apart from the main settlement, right? So, 
her dad was a soldier. So you're thinking, right, if that's the decisions, that there would be things in place. You know what I mean? Like, she would be savvy on defense. But things happen and we find out, no, that's, that's really not the case. Really not the case. We get some weird interactions between Vesper and Jonas where I, it seems like he would like to fiddle her to, uh, you know, not not make it sound too, I mean, fiddle is pretty creepy, right? But yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, because she's 13, remember that he would go, he would go there. A little incest, just all that nasty, nasty, right? Which, you that's the, the but this, you know, he touches her and, like he's got fingers on her lips and shit like that. And it's just like, oh, I mean, your family don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just no one should be doing that to a little girl. And it's not like it's a familial thing. So you get those weird interactions. You get the sense that there's a little animosity. But repeatedly, she kind of trusts Jonas, right? Or does things where she's expecting him to, you know, do something in a certain way. And you're just like, wait, what? No. Like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be trusting, right? It, that makes no sense. And, every, and then there's times with everything that we have seen, you would not give someone that information and expect them to honor anything like it's it's weird there was these weird things that would go down right there's another situation right so they breed these humanoid things they call jugs right which, yeah, you kind of get the sense they're meant to be like kind of robot type of things. There's a scene where it's just like, oh, they don't feel pain as it's screaming. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? Um, that makes no sense. Hmm. Um, but there's a, a bit where someone's like oh that's a jug and it's just you're just like what would be the signs because there is as far as the viewer is concerned there's nothing that's letting you go oh yeah that must be a right so it's just look if there's things that would make you go oh that's a fine but unless the viewer knows it is all a bit you know, Dex Machina, right? When you just suddenly out of nowhere, this is a thing, and then, ah, oh, this is a thing. And there's a lot of that going on. Like, we, we know the vegetation is a little off, but 
we don't know, you know, that there's this vegetation that's deadly, but then all of a sudden that plays a factor in. So, you know, there's all of these weird things that are going down, but kind of come out of the blue, you know, which makes it a little bit odd, kind of an experience. And we're, we're led to believe that Vesper is a biohacking genius, right? Scientists can break the code, unlock, find out all these secrets with the plants and just all of this, but also with human DNA out of suddenly, which is a completely different thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because you might be a biologist doesn't mean you can then operate on humans. Right, but that's all just one of the same in this film. So we, you know, there's these things that are going down, but hmm, wait, I've just lost what I was saying. Huh. Well, that was weird, wasn't it? Um hmm, I held it around Vespa. Uh yeah, I have no, yeah, it's, it's gone. It might come back to me. Might come back to me. So bear with me here, people. Um, look, there's there's interactions which don't necessarily feel like the emotion is there. Like Eddie Marsden is a, you know, he plays a pretty good bad guy. And it's not like the acting is terrible or anything like that, but there's there's these certain scenes where you feel like, oh, the emotion would be, and it's just not. It's a little flat, which, yeah, a little bit, I don't know, doesn't always work in that regard. You know, and, and there's this thing where... Uh, there's just something happens and then it's, something's airborne, right? And they're like, don't breathe it in. But I've got to say, right, it dissipates super fast. And you're just like, things never, never dissipate at that speed, right? But everything is, like, certain things feel rushed, like with the experiments. It's all a... Uh, oh, we know now have this answer, and we now have that answer, it's just like nothing, nothing works at that speed, right? If, if you're doing these experiments, you're not going to get results, like, instantaneously, and be like, ah, oh, well, yeah, that, blah, blah, blah. Have this weird thing about strength as well, right? There's a scene where one character is overpowered by someone, and then another scene, the one that was overpowered is holding the other one back. And you're just like, so which way is it? What are we saying? Because if, you know what I mean? We're saying this person has the strength to do this. Then that first scene makes no sense whatsoever, right? Yeah, I don't know, people. But it's interesting. You know, I hated the end. I hate, like, the ending made no sense just because when you think of the commodity and the value of, 
you would be mad careful on what you were doing with it. So then when you have this end thing and it's just like, oh, no, no, it's like, look, I get the, you know, the symbolism of what they might be trying to say, but it makes no sense in the context of this society, you know? Also, wait, we're just going to let her climb? You know, like that, we're just going to let that happen? Like, yeah, seems a little odd. But it, it feels like it could be set up for more, you know? It does, it does, you, you do that, get that kind of sense. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's there for people who enjoy a dystopian story. Right, so your maze runners and yeah, what is it, divergence and and that kind of thing, you know. If you enjoyed those, this is a you know a, a slightly lower budget kind of that sort of tale. Right, looks great, looks great, really does. But yeah, I you know I I, I wasn't completely won over by the story did feel a little flat did feel like there were there were there were these elements where you feel like surely someone would have taken that into consideration considering everything they must have been through everything they must know <laughs> you know what I mean um like there was a shock of oh they're trying to get us be like yeah what what did you think would be happening here, right? There's, yeah, it's, hmm, it's interesting. If it sounds like it's for you, though, it's now available on VOD. I think it's in limited cinemas as well. So, yeah, you've got different options, people, if you want to check it out. So that is a Vespa. People, so next we've got a new joint from Netflix, the School of Good and Evil. Okay, people, so I've been very intrigued about this one because of the, the people involved, you know, and so I checked out the School for Good and Evil. You know, which has just hit Netflix. It is directed by Paul Feig, who co-wrote the screenplay with David McGee. It is based on the smash hit book series from Saman Chanani. Right, there's six books in the series, and you know when you look into this, they've sold millions of copies millions of copies so you know it seems to be a very popular thing the film is um it is produced by jane stars starts um joe roof uh jeff kirkenbaum laura fisher uh paul fig 
executive produced by Soman Chanani, uh, Chris Katsalidi, Stephen Jones, Patricia Riggan, and Zach Ruth. And it's associate produced by Greg Lubin um, and co-produced by Kane Lee. Music was from Theodore Shapiro. Uh, John Schwartzman handles cinematography. It is edited by Brent White and Misha Shalokrinastun. Ooh, I think I butchered that. Um, Fiona Weir handled the casting. Production design is Andy Nicholson. Art direction is Tim Browning, Roy Brune, Patrick Craig Hinton, Andy Crumbly, Jit Kisk, Sarah Jin, Bijana Jovanovic, Christine Mc. Donahue, John Merry, and Justin O'Neill Milner. Uh, set decoration, Pancho Chamorro and Nim Coulter. Costume design is Rene Ellerich Halkpus. Um, and our cast, well, I mean, there's a load of people up in this, right? So you've got... Um, you know, the two heads, well, who we see at the beginning, there's um, Ryan, who's played by Kit Young, right? And then we have also got, uh, what is Lawrence Fishburne's character's name again? Jesus Christ. My memory is so bad, people. It is shocking. Uh, Lawrence friggin' Fishburne. Huh. I swear we do get the name, but it just says uh, schoolmaster, which is um odd. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I, I thought we did get a name, but um, yeah. I mean, I think Kit Young plays, the, you know, because it's twins, so he, he plays the, 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 the two characters at the beginning anyway. Um, we've got Kate Blanchett as the, she's the storyarian that's kind of the narrator of the piece as well. Um, our two kind of main, contang, can, uh, let's say, just say characters, I'm fumbling my words. Uh, we have got uh, Agatha, who's played by Sophia Wiley, and we have got Sophie, who is played by Sophia Anna Caruso, which, um, yeah, but, the, you know, the, the Sophia is spelled differently with both of them. Um, we have got Stefan, played by Rob Delaney who I did not recognise, which is interesting. Oh, I should mention a young Sophie is played by Ella here, and a young Agatha is played by Mahali Perry. Um, 
there is uh, Professor Doovy, played by Kerry Washington, and Lady Lasso is played by Charlie's Baron. They're the heads of the school when um, Agatha and Sophie join, right? Um, yeah, Dovey is the head of the School of Good, and Lasso is the head of the School of Evil. <laughs> we have got um, Professor Animal, played by Michelle Yu. Professor Manley is played by Mark Heath. Um, we've got... Uh, Joelle, played by Joelle. Uh, Beatrix, played by Holly Stratton. Um, Kiko, played by Emma Lou. Rena, played by Bryony Scarlett. Millicent, played by Rosie Graham. Shinian, played by Chine Ezudu. Um, there is Hort, played by Earl Cave. Kayla, played by Olivia Buford. Um, Leonora, played by Abigail Stones. Uh, Vanessa is played by Stephanie Sadatan. Uh, Eric is Mark Charles. Kalis is Sandra Cole. Um, Honora is Rachel Bloom. Um, do, 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 do. we have got um, Hester played by Freya Parks, Anna Deal played by Demi Isaac Avawa, Dot is played by Catelyn Akaplemi, um, Harvid is Harvey Schmishaw. Uh, Nicholas is played by Miles Kamawendu. Chadik is Ali Khan. Tristan, Oliver Watson. Uh, um, Tarquin is played by Misa Butler. Gregor, Ali Cub. Tedros is played by Jimmy Flatters. And... Yeah, Yoba is Peter Serafinovich. Uh, Wish Girl is Shanti Dean Ellis. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, as I said, man, there's a lot of people up in the piece. Now, the gist of the story is this. In the village of Galvedon, two misfits and best friends, Sophie and Agatha, share the unlikeliest of bonds. Sophie, a golden-haired seamstress, dreams of escaping her dreary life to become a princess, while Agatha, with her grim, aesthetic and offbeat mother, has the makings of a real witch. I mean, not really. That's just what everyone calls them. But they're not. You know what I mean? One night, under a blood-red moon, a powerful force sweeps them away to the school for good and evil where the true stories behind every great fairy tale begin. Yet something is amiss. 
from the start. Sophie is dropped into the school for evil, run by the glamorous and acid-tongued Lady Lasso, and Agatha in the school for good, overseen by the sunny and kind Professor Dobie. As if navigating classes with the offspring of Wicked Witch, Captain Hook and King Arthur wasn't hard enough, according to the schoolmaster, only true love's kiss can change the rules and send the girls to their rightful schools and destiny. But when a dark and dangerous figure with mysterious ties to Sophie reemerges and threatens to destroy the school and the world beyond entirely, the only way to a happy ending is to survive their real life fairy tale first. So, yes. That is it. Now, it's interesting, right? I, I see a lot of people get, like saying this is a Harry Potter ripoff, right? Which I mean, it seemed completely different to Harry Potter to me. But then you, you know, Harry Potter is not an original thing. So then, this is a thing that I, I find really amusing, right? When people want to say, "Oh, that's ripping off this." And, Look at Harry Potter was not original, right? It is a piece of work that has drawn a load of kids into reading and you know storytelling and all of that, which is great. But it is not original, you know what I mean? And there's been so many like tales over the years about schools. You know, you've got the Wink Saga on Netflix. Right, which spins out of an old, I think it was a Nickelodeon cartoon, like anime from the 90s. So, you know what I mean? It, 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 there's so many different tales about schools and magic worlds. You know, you kind of say Narnia is kind of school based in some of some elements of it, right? You've got, um, Oh, the magicians, you know, there's that one. I think it's Lev Grossman, right? The sci-fi channel made it into a series. So you, you have all of that. I think one of the things about this is this is clearly young adult. And I don't even, I wouldn't even necessarily say adult, right? I do kind of feel that this is... This is created for a, a very young audience, you know? That's what it, that, I mean, that's how it plays to me, right? It, it's, a, it's a young audience, I think, would be blown away by the magic. You know what I mean? I, I, I think they will gravitate to the story. And see the these magical creatures and like the pomp and the you know the the architecture and just all of that and be like oh my god you know but I think older like the older you get the more cynical you will be with this because it is like they we do run through those things where the the evil people are meant to be ugly right. But <laughs> no one's really ugly. 
this is the thing. Like at the beginning of the film, when they're in Galveston, right? The people go past in the car and they, they're shouting at Agatha and going, Oh, ugly witch, look at you. Uh, uh, look at your hair. And it's just like, um, okay, are we are we really trying to pretend that this girl is ugly? Right? And there's something wrong with her hair. Like, there's not, you, you, no one's looking at this girl going, she's ugly. Right? But because she's kind of dressed like a tomboy, you know, and Sophie's in a dress and blonde hair, right? That's, that's the big difference here, which is kind of ridiculous. And then when you get to the school, you know, like the, the, the evil ones have got tattoos or there's a few with scars and, you know, they, they're looking like they're all dressed in black, obviously, because, you know, black means evil, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. But it, it, it's all of this. So it, it's those kind of these black and white dynamics which could be problematic for people watching this, right? There, there's a bit in the film where Agatha is trying to convince, um, oh, the uh, the son of um, King Arthur, bloody um, Tristan, right? Trying to convince him that... Um, you know, you, you have to see the nuance. Life isn't black and white. But everything kind of about the film is very clear-cut black and white, which is that oxymoron, right? It kind of reminded me of um, Equilibrium. You know, yeah, you remember that film from the 90s? Um, it was meant to be like, you know, world with no emotion. Right, but then one guy starts to get these emotions. But when you're watching it, all of you know the the actions are essentially based on emotion, which then makes it all kind of irrelevant, right? It's just like, wait, you'd only act that way if that was emotional response. So what you know, and that was the kind of thing with this, you know, you're you're watching this story. But it's all very much like these people are evil, these people are good, and oh, so they don't mix, and they automatically will hate each other, and you can't, you know, and these people are meant to be good, if these are good, then there's no jealousy, there's no, you know, like, bitterness and rivalries, but there clearly is, you know, so it, it, it's very odd in that respect. Like, we do get some good special effects. I mean, the, the one that is a bit glaring is at the beginning when they go to the school, you know, because this big bird is flying them there, which I guess, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to make that look, you know, real. <laughs> because, yeah, a big bird ain't carrying no one, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the other effects in the film are pretty decent you know pretty decent it 
you know, it, it, it is this kind of, as I said, that the story is bogged down slightly with a lot of this kind of by the numbers storytelling. And what I mean with that is there's not really a whole heap of nuance, right? Because we see these actions and people doing this and there's no one going, hold on, you know, maybe if I did this, then I could achieve that. It's just like, ah, well, I don't get that. Well, then this is wrong. And that means I hate that person. And ah, I hate this person. And oh, we're going to fall out. And bah, bah, bah. Or suddenly you get this whole switch. You're in suddenly everyone's friends. And you're just like, wait, 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 wait where did that come from? You know? Yeah. It's like, um, you know, life doesn't necessarily work like that. But again, you know, because, you know, you, it's funny, like I saw this thing in The Guardian and it, it's just really going, oh, it's terrible and it's trying to be Harry Potter and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, I just remember in Harry Potter where he's staying at Ron's house, right? Staying at Ron's and Ron's parents are basically broke. They've got what? Four kids? Is it four or five? There's a lot of fucking kids. You know, he then discovers he's got all that gold in fucking Gringotts, whatever that place is called. He doesn't then go, you know what? I've been staying in your crib. You've been helping me out. Here's some money. I'll pay for your books. I'll buy you your ones. Don't, we don't get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, hey, <laughs> like none of these things are perfect. You know what I mean? But hey, look, this is made for young kids, and I think like my neighbors, they 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 are all what? There's four, four year, four real young kids. They're all I think tens, the oldest. I think they would enjoy this, right? This is made for cats that age. You know what I mean? The young youngsters, right? And yeah, I think these kind of stories and this kind of stuff, they'll love, you know? But yeah, it it wasn't made for me, right? It's all a little bit too simplistic for me on a story front. I could see this becoming a franchise, like, there's six books in the novels. That was a redundant statement, wasn't it? There's six books in the novel. Like, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying with that. There's six books. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and it definitely ends, right, on a kind of, oh, there could be more. So, yeah, they you, this could become something. You know what I mean? Look, you, you have a lot of talented individuals involved, you know? And comparing it to stuff like Winx and um, Shadow and Bone and all of that kind of jazz, I think if you enjoy those, this will probably speak with you, you know? 
it, it, it's built for you know the people that watch those things right so yeah if you enjoy the young adult stuff maze runner and you know all of that artemis fowl and you know, what's that young spy thing on amazon um you know like that stuff right if that's your jam you know maybe a little bit younger for the audience but i think if, if that's your jam then yeah school for good and evil will probably be for you me and my old bones doesn't really work but it's not for me it wasn't made for me you know but there you go it's on netflix people so you can check it out you can dip in see if you enjoy it you know what i mean do your thing you know what i mean Let us close the one with a new Shudder original. It is a VHS 99. Okay, so anthologies can be tricky things. You know what I mean? It, 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 sometimes it's not always completely even all the way through, but Shudder has had some pretty good ones over the last few years, right? I think there was the, I think it's the Mortician Collection, right? You had Scare Package, which I believe there is a second one on its way. You know, there's uh, Horror Noir. Um, hmm. Yeah, I feel, I feel there's some more. Um... God damn it, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I believe there's a couple of other ones floating around um, in that mix, uh, but, right, one of the, um, you know, a popular ones is the VHS series, yeah, I think there's been... I think it was 94 last year. And I think there was another two before that. I'm not quite sure. But people, what you do need to know, and the, the thing that matters the most is there is a new collection to add, right? This one is VHS 99. So, I mean, yeah. I guess you can work it out. It is set in the year 1999. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so it comprises of five films. Well, five shorts, should we say. Um, you know, all directed and written by different different people. So there we we start off with shredding which is written and directed by Maggie Levin. Uh, in this one, we've got Barona Blue, who plays Deirdre, Dashiell Derrickson, who plays Chris Carbonara. Carbonara, maybe? Hmm, yeah, I think that might be it. Tybee Dishin plays R.C., 
Uh, Jackson Kelly plays Caleb. Jesse Latourette is Rachel. Um, Kelly Mizal is Jesse. Melissa Macedo is Jesse Dois. Uh, Amina Nevis is Carissa. And Kinush Tarafesi is Anchor. Right? So we then have got Suicide Bid, which is written and directed by Jonas Roberts. And this one has got Alexa Ioannidis as Lily, Isabel Hahn as Annie, Brittany Gandhi as Lucy, Logan Riley as Hannah, Ronaldo Davilia Beltron as Brian. Uh, we then have got Ozzy's Dungeon, which is from, um, well, it's directed by Flying Lotus. Now, I know Flying Lotus from rap, right? I did not know Homie directed and wrote movies, so that was crazy interesting. Um, he co-wrote it with Zoe Cooper. And this one, it stars Stephen Ogg as the uh, game show host. Amelia Ann is Donna. Sonia Eddy is Deborah. Jerry Boyd is Marcus. Charles Luke Jr. is Brandon. And Stephanie Ray is Aussie. We then have got the Gawkers, which is written by uh, Chris Lee Hill and Tyler McIntyre. And um, McIntyre also directs. And the Gawkers stars Luke Mullen as Dylan, Emily Sweet as Sandra. Tyler Lofton as Kurt, Duncan Anderson as Bona, Ethan Pook as Brady, Cree Kwawa as Mark, Jana Buzia as the mum, Wallis Barton as Emma, Hannah Cat Jones as Cassidy, and Danny Jules as the delivery driver. And it all ends with uh, To Helen Back, which is written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter, who you might remember from Deadstream, which we looked at a couple of weeks back. Or was it last week? It might have been last week. I'm losing track of everything, people. Hmm. So Joseph Winter plays Troy. Um, Archelius Christona plays Nate, his video partner. Melanie Stone is Mabel. Oh, yeah, Melanie was in uh, Deadstream. Um, Kim Abawuna is 
Jane Eab Abaruna is her husband. Vicky Hayden is which Vicky. Perla Lacroya is which Alex. Ariel Lee is Wormaid. Tori Pierce is Kristen. Dustin Watts is Yukoban. And Co-Jane Waite is Grandma Great. So yes, that is, um, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, the pieces and the gist is this. <clears throat> All right. So it says VHS 99 marks the return of acclaimed found footage anthology franchise and sequel to Shudder's most watched premiere of 2021. A thirsty teenager's home video leads to a series of horrifying revelations featuring five new stories from film, from acclaimed filmmakers. Um, it harkens back to the final punk rock analog days of VHS while taking one giant leap forward into the hellish new millennium. So yeah, like all of these are, they're very different, right? They're very different. And we've got the like kind of fr the framing piece in between a lot of the videos are these like army men and this I'd say maybe skits. It's not really a story. That I found very irritating. I didn't enjoy the army men thing. That irritated me. Um, but our first story, Shredding, right? It was, um, they were kind of, you know, when everyone talks about jackass, you know, you listen to Steve-O and, um, the others talk about it, they always reference, like, these skater videos, you know, which they used to watch and try and be in before they went on to do uh, Jackass, and this one kind of, it utilizes a lot of that, right, there's this band called Rack, um, which is basically the first letters of the band members, right, and they, um, you know, they're shooting all of these kind of prank videos and skate videos and just all of that kind of stuff. So we get a lot of that footage, which is, mm, I think we might go a bit long on that, right? But they've heard about this, this club where this big accident happened and they decide to break in and shoot a video there. And obviously... You can imagine things then go awry. And yeah, I mean, there's elements of it that I enjoyed. But yeah, as I said, a lot of the skate kind of stuff, you thought went a little bit long, but then also, right, there it, it kind of feels that they're not all friends. You know what I mean? Because uh Anchor, right, Anchor doesn't really want to go there and be involved, right? So 
he's getting teased and like the way he's being treated, you kind of feel, would he really be in this group? Would he be in the band? Because it is a little, you know, much, right? And then I look, everyone pranks each other and all of that. That's fine. But the, the level that we were seeing on him kind of made you think, like, would he necessarily be there? Right. And then we also see him disappear. So it then feels like, wait, it's a little surprising he's around at the end in all the all the crazy that goes down. Because you kind of think that, wait, wouldn't he have been out by now? You know? But some, you know, some decent acting um and everything. But yeah, some of the antics you're just thinking, yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit. I don't know, I don't know, suicide bid, right, was a couple of girls, freshmen, they would, you know, want to kind of get into the sororities and all of that, but they kind of feel that they're probably not going to take them, and one of them, Lily, does a suicide bid, never heard of it, but supposedly from this, it's when you only apply for one sorority, right? So if you don't get into that, then you, you're out, which I didn't know that's how it works. I had no clue about sororities, people. It's not really, it's not at all a UK thing. But yeah, so she does that and these girls kind of haze her and the hazing goes very very wrong now the because the way it ended and all of that i didn't mind and then you've got the stuff that you know the way it shot it, it kind of reminded me of buried that, that ryan reynolds film uh the only thing about it was was the girls on the outside and when it starts to rain right because you're like, it's, it's raining. Uh, they come back the next day and you just think, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're coming back the next day, right? Because you know that'd be very problematic. So it was just a bit, mm, that all felt a little bit weird. Like there would need to be a reason why it was left that long, you know? That was my that was my big thing with that. And then you kind of think that maybe the other friend, Lily's friend, might have been like, yo, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like popped up again. But I don't know. Um now the next one is Ozzy's Dungeon, which that I did really like, right? It's a play on those kid shows from back in the day. Now, like, we had stuff like Funhouse over here, which <laughs> it, it, it was not good. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there's like Mallet's Mallet, Funhouse, um, gosh, Games Master, right? That was, that was, a, no, that was, no, that was Nightmare. Nightmare was the actual name of that one, right? So, yeah, it's based on, like, these games, 
I think there's uh, something on Netflix, was it Loris, Flores Lava, right? So it was one of those. But there definitely seems some bias going on, right? Which then leads to, oh, leads to something that was not good, not good. So then we get a kind of a revenge story which was kind of fun and then the way it ended you'd be like oh yeah i can see that because yeah she must be pissed with everyone so i i, I did enjoy ozzy's dungeon um although <laughs> some of the things deborah was doing i'd be like ah oh, deborah we didn't need we didn't need you to do that you i think just stay hot just stay hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Boy. Um, now, the Gawkers is our penultimate piece. And this one is actually connected to the Toy Story shenanigans that we had been getting. And this, like, there is a lot of, again... There's a lot of the 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 bro older brother and his friends bullying the kid and messing around, but when we got to the story, that was pretty decent. Like th this one was pretty decent. I yeah, I definitely feel it. The the, the anthology series picks up as it's going along, and then we end with to Helen back, which was from our Deadstream writers and directors, Vanessa and Joseph Winter. And it's New Year's Eve, right? This coven are summoning a demon into a vessel called Kirsten, who, and Kirsten has volunteered, has volunteered for this. He's just like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Right, but there's a camera crew there to film it. And this other demon turns up and it all, I was going to say it all goes to hell. <laughs> Literally, it all goes to hell. And this, this was a very fun story, right? It's just all the shenanigans that go down and just everything. I, I, I think... It's between probably this and Ozzy's Dungeon for the, uh, the, my favorite segments of the piece, I would probably say. So, yeah, look, they're not all as even in quality. Some, you know, a little long on some segments and all of that, but it definitely picks up steam as it goes along. So if you're a fan of anthologies and all of that, people, then you might want to check out VHS 99, which is now available on Shudder. <laughs> Okay, people. So as we draw to a close to part one, let's take a look and see uh, what's happening in the world. 
of Pillar, shall we? So, we know, um, yeah, we're getting a sequel to The Joker from Todd Phillips, which is um, fully a Right, we've already got Joaquin Phoenix, Lady Gaga, Brendan Gleeson, Catherine Keener, Zazie Beats confirmed. Right, and this new film joining the cast is Harry Norton. Right. Um, the film is being written by Scott Silver, and it is scheduled to um, theaters on the 4th of October, 2024. Um, so next up, right, Lionsgate will be dropping um, Alice Darling, right? So, um, yeah, it was due to come out next year, but they decided to, um, yeah, have a, a run from the 30th of December, a little short run, right? So it will be available for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, yeah, this is Mary Nye's directorial debut, and it will be starring Anna Kendrick, Rumi Mizuku, and Kanekiti Hall, right, along with um, Charlie Harris. Um, so Kendrick plays a woman pushed to the breaking point by a mentally abusive boyfriend who rediscovers herself while on vacation and slowly unravels her true dependency. Okay, so after it drops on the 30th of December, it will be rolled out nationwide and nationally um, sometime in 2023. Okay, so um, we got another comic book adaptation, right? So um, Rob Nyfield's Rocket comic is coming via Studio A. Um, with Sam Hargreave directing. Okay, so um, Kurt Johnstad has come on board to um, write the script, and um, yeah, Jack Gyllenhaal will be starring as John Profit. So in the comic books, Profit is conscripted by Germans near the end of World War II and subjected to scientific experiments that gave him superhero strength. But after a bombing buries him alive and traps him underground for 20 years, he reawakens in 1965. The world has moved on without him. His daughter resents him and KGB agents are after him to create super soldiers from his blood. So, um, yeah, doesn't sound all that um, great for old profit, does it? <laughs> uh, in other news, people, right? So, we know that we are getting two Mission Impossible films, right? In 2023 and 2024. It's a two-part story, right? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Um, cast is, you know, fat, right? We've got um, Tom Cruise, 
Hayley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pegg, Lynn Rains, Vanessa Kirby, Henry Shenzi, Shay Wyman, Tom Clementine, Harry Ells, and Isa Morales. Also, um, yeah, Morelia Garriger has um, just joined the car. So, no word on her role, like that. She will be in both films, supposedly. Um, part one, right, is due to drop on the 14th of July 2023. And part two, the 28th of June 2024. Okay. So, also, I mean, we kind of knew this was going down, but it's been confirmed that Shad Stahelski will be um, directing Black Samurai. Right? It's an adaptation of Mark Alden's novels. And. Um, yeah, it will be written by Dana Jackson. Right, so these, um, yeah, the, these books were written in the 70s. They're um, described as black plantation, right? And they follow Robert Sand, an American soldier in Japan, who learns the ways of the most powerful martial arts and becomes the black. Right? So, um, yes, Lanchi will um, also produce the films along with John Schoenfelder, Russell Aikman, Jason Spitz, Alex Young, Diane. Crawford, Lisa Lizzie, and Andre Gaines. So, um, you know, I mean, look, he's done a great job with the Wick series, right? And um, there's been some other great stuff from him, so we will see this one, right? Um, now, after Uncut Gems, and how great that was, Josh and Betty, look, Josh and Benny Safdie are teaming back up with Adam Sandler and Netflix for their new film. No word on, um, yeah. What exactly it's going to be called. All we know is it's set in the world of high-end card collecting. Um, so not, who knows where the fuck that's going to be? I just imagine it's going to be fucking crazy. Like, uh, yeah, gems. Horses, tents, right? And listen, part one was this, shall we? So, well, by night was has been a huge success, huge success, right? Um, if you have not checked it out, we spoke about it a couple of weeks back. And it is very good. It's very good, right? But because of that, Marvel are um, gonna get back into the business of their special presentations. So we know we've got a Guardians of the Galaxy coming later this year. But also, people, word is right to um, help introduce the Fantastic Four. 
we're gonna get a silver surfer one which could be very interesting right now silver surfer film is due in february 2025 so it's gotta come out before that but you know we got time so um we'll see what happens you know what i mean but people that is the end of part one but we got two more so do not miss it go check it out we'll see you there Peace.